Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast. We're here for another episode to do with our virtual conference for all the different societies and groups within the Liberal Democrats and associated with the Lib Dems that you, some of them may not have heard of, but we're also giving them a chance to promote themselves. So you may want to join them. You may want to see what they do and get involved. And today I am delighted that we have the Liberal Democrats for Seekers of Sanctuary. Uh, and down uh, the Zoom line, so to speak, we have Suzanne Fletcher. How are you doing, Suzanne? Oh, we're fine, thanks. And uh, Suzanne, now you deal with external kind of relations and comms for, for uh, LD for SOS. Is that correct? That's right, that's me. Yeah, and you can follow everything to do with the, the Seekers of Sanctuary group. You can, they have a Facebook page, they have a website. You can follow them on Twitter at LD Figure Four SOS. Uh, and if you want to ask them any questions, please do so. If you want to get in touch via the Lib Dem Pod, you can. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at, at Lib Dem Pod. Um, so, I mean, first question, obviously, Suzanne, is tell us what you're about. What is the goal of your group? Well, we're standing up for those who are seeking sanctuary in the UK and so that's asylum seekers and people here as refugees. Also to some extent the people that are on their way here but we're very focused on what happens here in the UK and we just feel so strongly that people when they're here need to be treated with dignity, with compassion and with justice. And it's, I suppose it goes to the phrase, you can judge a society by how they treat those who are least fortunate. And, you know, when people are coming here looking for sanctuary from wherever they've come from and for what they've gone through, surely that's, there's no greater test of, of our liberal values in Britain. Well, exactly. And um, it's something that affects everybody when they know any asylum seekers or the good liberal Democrats that, as you say, really care with how we treat people in our society. And very much so for people who are seeking asylum, or that for people who have no voice. So, yeah. so within the actual Lib Dems, what, are, what, would you, what is your group trying to push what is the main policy movement you would like to see the Lib Dems adopt? Well, we've done a lot of work over the past few years on our policies, uh, the policy motions that have come through one way or another through conference. Uh, we've been two big policy motions and some smaller ones. So we've actually got really good policies on the, the current issue, particularly things like immigration, detention, the right to work, um, issues like that. I think our big thing now is making sure that those policies are actually used and it can be from our members you can get all of our sheets on our website but our parliamentarians everybody that's working um, in the political field to actually use and push the really good policies that we've already got and obviously continually developing like uh, last year we uh, did a new paper on lgbt plus and asylum seekers um, so we're continually developing our policies. So, I mean, are there any, for people who aren't uh, familiar, there might be listeners there who, who don't know particularly what Lib Dem policy is over the years or, 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 or what decisions uh, Lib Dems have made in regards to this, what are the key fundamental policies that make up the Lib Dem manifesto in regards to helping asylum seekers and people who need sanctuary? Yes. Well, that's all the leaflets that we've got and summed up in the manifesto. It's mainly about immigration detention, needing to see an end to indefinite detention is one of our big pushes. Uh, the right to work, 
people might not know that asylum seekers have no right to work and in our current situation that's absolutely crucial we've got people here who are medically trained and aren't allowed to work absolutely desperate to do that but we go right through a whole gamut of other things how decisions are made um, because they're made very slowly they're made very badly with a high rate of appeals the reformation of the home office to actually be able to deal with that issues around how people live with the low amount of money they've got to live on uh, issues around the um, housing conditions and the hostile environment of course is a very big issue as well which goes beyond asylum seekers and refugees uh, when we look at the Windrush situation so those are the sort of issues that we're looking at as it and that's what we've got really easy to read condensed down information on our store but it's all on the website and I suppose talking about a wider kind of uh, political kind of situation for asylum seekers obviously you, you, you've just mentioned about Windrush you've talked about uh, the hostile environment I remember Labour having those campaign mugs saying tough on immigration you've had all the kind of xenophobia that kicked up with the whole Brexit referendum it's a very tough time uh, for people coming to this country whether they're in need or it's an economic migrant or anything else so have you found that more people have come to your organisation or more people are asking or have you found the opposite and people are quite scared to say actually we are pro helping people when they're in their most needy? Oh, the opposite, we've had people coming to the store really interested in what we're about, what it's about and we've actually got some pens, they're only a pound each, orange pens that say uh, that we welcome refugees here and so people buy those pens and take them away sometimes we've had stickers or badges that people have been quite proud to wear and take them away and i'm actually quite proud of the people that have come to conference the way they've been interested in what we're about and and genuinely concerned about it the questions are asked the people that come to our fringes uh, and i think it's really encouraging how liberal democrats are interested and concerned so, is that? Yeah. So, one of our kids have to join us. And then we've got to have the and have the fringe meetings, yeah. Is there any part of Lib Dem policy you think that's lacking in regards to helping people, asylum seekers, or that we haven't really adopted as well as much as you'd like? Well, there are some areas that we need to develop, and we're going to be done last year, but of course, Brexit got in the way, and now, of course, we've got the coronavirus. But things like what happens to asylum seekers uh, that came here as young people, children, and they become 18. Uh, we need to develop our policy on the Heathrow Immigration Centres. So there's quite a lot to be done there. And family reunion is actually supposed to be going through Parliament, but of course there's been all these interruptions. Sorry, uh, yeah. Tim Farron have been working hard on that. And I want to talk about some of the policies you've got, because actually they are superb policies and the reason why groups like yourself uh, are around is to help promote those policies and give them a voice and try and make sure they are as uh, as prominent as possible within the Lib Dems and so one of them I, I mean I deal with on a councillor level with a, on the crime and disorder panel I'm part of is about people who have been trafficked and actually one of the 
the policies that you guys have really espoused is the fact that victims of trafficking should never be sent home and because they have the, the risk that they might get caught up again by the same gangs that have trafficked them in the first place. Exactly. Um, that, that is, you know, so, well, we have got part of policy on that and it's in you know, our policy documents. But as you say, it is just so important that they can be perhaps more so than the other asylum seekers because they are so afraid when they're here because their persecutors, the people who've enslaved them, as it were, are actually here in the UK very often. They've taken their papers from them, given them false papers, and so they need to have places of safety. And it's just so important to understand that they must not be in a situation where they have to go back to their traffickers. Yeah. Another policy that you guys have, uh, have uh, like I say, highlighted is the one that we, you want to start free English lessons for those that come to the country as well who are seeking. So they're better able to integrate with the communities as well. Yep, that's, that's something I haven't actually mentioned, but very key. We had a whole policy motion on that at the Spring Conference a couple of years ago because that is crucial on every level. It's important for them to be able to live a life within the UK. And you know, just think about us when we go on holiday and we go somewhere, the best we can do is maybe get through a menu and they need to live. And you can't actually uh, go on a course to learn English until you've been here for six months. Mm-hmm. Even then, it's a very basic level. So when you actually want um, able to get a job because you've got refugee status, um, you've only got a basic level. So of course, it takes longer to be able to get a job. And for instance, I know people who are very medically qualified, lots of qualifications, but they aren't able to work it until their English comes up to standard. And mm-hmm. then everyday living and so it really is important and in the process of writing a paper on that it's there in the policy and it all needs developing and working on and promoting and it's all about that kind of idea that we want those that come to the that have fled to this country to feel a part of this community to build upon so like you say being able to work being able to communicate effectively these are key aspects in not just for them themselves that they all feel more part of the community but for existing communities to get to be engaged with the the asylum seekers as well well indeed and it's what they really want to do they want to be part of our communities they want to be able to contribute they want to be able to volunteer they want to know their neighbors uh they want to be able to to say talk to other parents at the school children pick things up very quickly uh, at the schools but as we all know uh parents need to be able to talk to the school about any issues at home, anything that comes up. And that's very central to how you make somebody welcome. They can't be part of your community if they can't even talk to you. Um, And obviously, we've we've talked about asylum seekers a lot, but also you deal with refugees as well. And uh, uh, very, very critical. Now, obviously, during the refugee crisis in Europe, again, there was a lot of xenophobia around about uh, people coming to the country, not integrating, crime going up, all of it was, was debunked and basically was just xenophobic nonsense. But again, what are your plans regarding kind of refugees and making that, and what do you think Britain should be doing better? Yeah, I mean, the very first thing is uh, when they actually get refugee status, they get a positive decision. They only have 28 days in which to get out of their accommodation uh, their 
uh, everything stops, all the support stops. So 28 days to find accommodation, find a job, get benefits or, or, or both. And one of our big policies is extend that to 56, 60 days to give them the time to be able to do that. Because very often, um, I've ended up with people being homeless, destitute, and perhaps ending up with a job much, much below what, what they're able to do. So that's the first part of it. And I think the thing about people being accepted in our society, that's when we make a really big push about 20 top facts and our let's get the names right. Um, you know, that's our part of it, is getting the facts out there, as well as doing everything that we can to make it less of a hostile environment for people. I mean, uh, within the website, and I've, and I've read your manifesto as well, you talk about basically a root and branch changing in the Home Office. You know, it's clearly not fit for purpose. Absolutely. And it isn't just a case of tinkering around at the edges and making things more efficient. And well, a lot of it is about life, about better training, uh, particularly so that people are trained in different cultures, uh, things around uh, sexual issues and sort of uh, torture that people have been through. But the whole thing must not be linked to the political decision making. And so it needs to be a separate organization that's making those decisions so it is root and branch very radical reform in how it operates and i think that could not not just for this issue but all sorts of issues actually sometimes taking politics out of the frontline decision is is actually an important part of it actually you obviously always need kind of a public oversight in case stuff goes wrong or things like that but it's another example where actually day-to-day -day political kind of gesturing you need to take that out of this decision making because it's so important absolutely um, and this is what the the policy paper that went through a conference about 18 months ago had a whole chapter on that and we've also got a paper uh, on how decision making should be changed and we really want people to find out what those policies are and push them at every level now, and, and that perfectly leads on to my next question is that given what we've talked about about how it's been politically, the, the rise of populism has meant that, you know, there's always a hate figure and asylum seekers and refugees tend to get a lot of anger and hate put to them. Do you think, is this one of these issues where the Lib Dems have to accept that doing the right thing may not be very popular at first? It could be the situation, yes, but whatever happens, we have values, we have principles, and we must never, never move away from those values and principles. Otherwise, what is the point? Exactly. And actually, and one of the, th one of the aspects I always thought was, and you, this refers to the European Union, a lot of people built up this kind of perception of the EU because no one was putting the positive case forward. And that's the same for the positives of actually doing things to help people, not just because it's morally right and it's a good thing to do, but actually we are getting people who are, like you say, could be medically trained, particularly in the current crisis, who could be had a, a fantastic input to our society. Well, indeed, and it's what they want to do. They desperately want to do that. And, mm. you know, they get really upset that they can't be part of our society. They want to give back because they've sought sanctuary here, as they've got the sanctuary. They want to be able to pay that back. And it is just quite tragic that they aren't allowed to do that. And this is where the information really comes in, pushing out what 
the real information is, what, it, what actually is happening. You know, the UK is not taking more than its fair share, as people say. Um, mm. We've got 20 top facts on that, or from the Refugee Council, um, and the, the way that people talk. And it's interesting that when you look at where the worst xenophobia is, is where there are least people from other countries. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I grew up in uh, West Cumbria, and I, there was not a single ethnic minority child in my school, yet, yeah. as, as I was about to leave, the BMP found that was a place they wanted to start working in and around the Whitehaven sort of area. Because, and again, it's not areas with immigration or asylum seekers. It tends to be the areas next to them or who or have none whatsoever because they, like, because they peddle the fear about it. Exactly. And if somebody's claim hasn't been, uh, hasn't been supported and the, uh, the government says, well, they've got to leave the country, the people signing the petitions are the people living in their streets. You know, mm. some of the poor areas, um, the children uh, with the school and their parents, their communities are very happy for them to stay. It's the people that don't know what, what they're like, why they're here. And so this is which is so important that we try to get our message out. As you, you mentioned, all our different social media outlets, and we just keep going. And we really want people to follow us, retweet, share the Facebook postings, uh, have a look at our uh, website, and just let's get the message out there, why people are here, and what the issues that uh, they're facing are, and what people can do about it. Well, uh, thank you. That's almost the perfect way of ending our discussion, really, unless there's anything else you want to bring up. But you seem to have done almost my job there of rounding up this podcast there. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Like I say, I do urge all those people to do exactly what Suzanne just said. Go on Facebook, go on Twitter, retweet it, join the, the, the Lib Dem, uh, uh, Liberal Democrats for Seekers of Sanctuary, go join them, go help their cause because these people are trying to help the most in need people probably in our society. And uh, I think you're doing a fantastic job. So thank you very much for joining us. Great, thanks to you for giving us the opportunity that we missed at conference. Thank you very much, James, and lovely to meet you. Bye. Bye. And that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for Suzanne for coming on and talking about the fantastic work that the Lib Dems for Seekers of Sanctuary do within our party. As she said, go follow them online. Go look at the facts. They've got some fantastic information. Do join them if you can and actually get the word out there because we saw that with the EU referendum, it's the ignorance of some of the facts that actually can cause us to lose these arguments in the future. The more we put out the good things that... that asylum seekers and refugees do in our communities the more hostility will be destroyed for those people so thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching who those who have watched it uh, thank you very much to suzanne again and we will catch you again in another episode <laughs>